our text for meditation for today. This Sexagesima Sunday is from our Old Testament reading. Hear the word of our Lord from Isaiah 55, verse 10 to 56, verse 2. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle, and it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Thus says the Lord, Keep justice and do righteousness, for soon my salvation will come, and my righteousness be revealed. Blessed is the man who does this, and the son of man who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath not profaning it, and keeps his hand from doing any evil. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Now grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This Sunday is Sexagesima Sunday, meaning 60th Sunday. And it's a little silly because we understand that Septuagesima Sunday isn't actually 70 days before Easter. And Sexagesima Sunday, meaning 60th, is not actually 60 days before Easter. It is an approximation when we celebrate 60 days before Easter. And why would we do this? First, because in the pre-Lent season, or Shrove Tide, we understand that each day corresponds with a year that the children of Judah were in exile in Babylon. So we begin Septuagesima by remembering that, yes, on account of our sin, on account of the fall in Eden and original sin that has gone on since, we have been in a form of exile sometimes blatant in worldly understandings of exile, sometimes not quite so clear. When times are good, we fail to see how our sinful flesh is separated from God. But nonetheless, we are in exile. So traditionally, in Sexagesima Sunday, we hear about the fruits, we hear the parable of the sower, and perhaps you'll also hear somebody speak of the flood. Because the first thing that God has done to rectify our exile is to give us his word. The Proto-Evangelium of Genesis 3.15, in which God promises that the seed of the woman shall crush the head of the snake, that is God giving his word to Adam and Eve. There is something powerful about God's word. Now, why would churches historically also connect this to the flood? Because God does. God loves to connect his word with water. God is always connecting his word to 
water. As we see in our Old Testament reading, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. We are in exile for having eaten that forbidden fruit, in addition to all of our sins that we commit here on earth, whether in thought, word, or deed. But if we are dirty from our sins, if we are disease-laden from our iniquities, leading us to be separate from God, the same way a leper is commanded in the Old Testament to be separate from the children of Israel on account of his malady, his infection, water cleanses that. Water cleanses the dirt from our body, and God's word cleanses the sin from our souls. This is why we Lutherans have traditionally understood baptism to be water comprehended with the word. It is in that moment that our Lord takes his word and he takes the waters of your baptism. He puts them together and implants that very word into your soul, into the very fiber of your being. This is also why we say that baptism is the new birth. It is regeneration. So traditionally, at Sexagesima Sunday, we include the flood because it is in that moment when Noah awaits the deluge that God's word is given. And then just as his word is given to Noah that this will happen, so does it truly happen. The waters come down according to God's word. And as St. Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 3, this reminds us of our baptism, those eight souls saved through water. Now recently I heard a fundamentalist Baptist. He made the complaint to me that we Lutherans trust in a work of man for our salvation, believing that because you just got sprinkled or something, that means that you're saved. Nothing could be further from the truth. Your baptism is the moment in which God delivers his promise to you. He gives his word to you, saying that the merits of Christ and everything he won are for you. And this is why on Sexagesima Sunday, we celebrate God's word and how he operates with water to express that word. How his word is effective. If God says something, then it is true. Whether that is the proto-evangelium, the proto-gospel given in Genesis 3.15, if that is the promise given to Noah that he and his family would be saved from God's wrath poured out on the entire world. And if that is the word of Holy Scripture saying, baptism now saves you. It is true. 
It is trustworthy and you can trust in God knowing that he will accomplish what he says he will do. For as the rain and snow come down from heaven, so shall his word be that goes out from his mouth. It does not return to him empty. When God says something, he accomplishes it. The same way that water purifies, it nourishes, and it makes things grow. So if Sectuagesima reminds us that we are in exile, Sexagesima reminds us that God has promised a deliverance, and his word is true. In exile, we have to trust in God for our daily bread. The same way the Israelites in the wilderness had to trust in the Lord for water coming from the rock. The same way they had to rely on the Lord to give them manna every single morning except Sabbaths. It is the same kind of exile that tells us daily I must trust in the Lord for his mercy and his provision, his grace upon me. But Sexagesima says that the promise of a homeland, the promise of salvation, the promise of forgiveness and everlasting life, these are all from the God who means it when he speaks, who says you can trust him. Now, interestingly enough, it is usually during Sexagesima Sunday that most Christians in history have begun to ease themselves in to their Lenten sacrifice. Yes, Lent includes sacrifices, discipline, potentially fasting, or a positive discipline like extra study of the word, more intensive prayer time. Lenten sacrifices are a feature of Lent, but during Shrovetide, we have the opportunity to ease in there, to slowly ramp it up until we get to Ash Wednesday and engage in the practice in full. So why would we start that on this Sunday? Well, I can only give you the Lutheran reason. There are many Catholics right now engaged in carnival life. Everybody knows about Mardi Gras coming up. The idea that you should kind of let it go and enjoy absolution for a while before you go into the dour period of Lent. And I'm sure there are Roman Catholic theologians and liturgists that can give a better answer as to why they have a carnival season. But as far as the Lutheran is concerned, let's reread a few of these verses. You shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle. And it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. So here, with verses 12 and 13, God is reaffirming his promise to his people. But he continues, Thus says the Lord, Keep justice and do righteousness, for soon my salvation will come and my righteousness be revealed. On account of that promise, on account of the good that God says he will do for you, O believer, 
Blessed is the man who does this and the son of man who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath, that is, hearing the word gladly, not profaning it, and keeps his hand from doing any evil. In Sexagesima Sunday, we remember that we're starting to do good on account of God's promises. On account of the grace that he promises to give us, we want to obey his commandments. We live in this new reality ever since we are baptized, ever since the water and the word come upon us to apply the merits of Christ to us. We live in this new reality where now we don't obey God out of fear of punishment. Not completely anyway. We don't obey God out of this feeling that I must do this in order to earn heaven. No, there are rewards, but that's not the full story. And it certainly isn't for salvation. Well, the main thrust of our obedience to the Ten Commandments, the main motivation for us to be passionate, hard-working Christians, is because we know that we are saved. Because God says, this is what I want you to do in the meantime until that final deliverance arrives. I've already promised you heaven. I've already promised you paradise. I've promised you a final deliverance from all sin, death, the devil, from all evil and toil and curses. Everything. I've promised you good. In the meantime, then, obey my commandments. Keep justice. Do righteousness. Do your best. And you will see good. And it is when we as Christians hear these precious promises that we begin to live this new life. And maybe a little shaky at first. Maybe we need some time to get used to it. Hence, Sexagesima Sunday, we begin to ease into our Lenten sacrifices and Lenten disciplines. But with this, we reenact, relive, and intensify that part of our salvation that leads us to the new obedience. An obedience that is predicated upon water and the word which works like water. Now the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.